the traditional custodians of the land across central Queensland on which we play, learn and work. I respect and honour Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander educators listening. I recognise the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island peoples on this land and commit to building a brighter future together. Hi, I'm Trudy Graham, your host for the show. I'm Assistant Regional Director in Central Queensland based in Rockhampton. And today I'm absolutely delighted to be connecting with Cindy Willett. And Cindy is one of our Indigenous Pathways and Partnerships Officers based in Mackay. Hi, Cindy, how are you? Hi, Trudy. Yeah, good, thank you. That is great. And I just want to let people know who are listening in, if we sound a little bit different, Cindy and I are doing this over Teams and we're recording as we go. And Cindy, let's do our usual one-word barometer check-in. And the conversation starter, a bit like I had with Sophie last week. Cindy, what are you most proud of? So first of all, the one word, how are you feeling? Um, very nervous. and But I'm having inner conversations with myself to be courageous. Um, yeah, that word courageous is one of my um, words to really uh, push and guide me to step out of my comfort zone. Um, being courageous, um, you know, to, to that if I don't be courageous, I, I can't move forward and um, I can't be the best that I can. So, but it's taken me a long time to actually be courageous. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I absolutely recording a, a podcast episodes, probably feeling a little courageous, but Cindy, it's just you and me chatting here. There's no one else <laughs> listening in. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. and um, and what are you most proud of? Yeah, most proud of, other than being a nana. Um, <laughs> I love being a nana, very blessed. But um, I guess when I look and reflect back is, working in education and acknowledging my, my achievements um, to where I am today because um, school, I didn't like school. I didn't, I had bad experiences mm. and it still gets me emotional mm. thinking about it, um, which is why I do what I do today because I don't want any other child to go through what I went through and, um, yeah, that's why I'm very passionate in what I do. Yeah. 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 Sorry. No, no worries, Cindy. <laughs> um, you got me a bit teary at this end as well. Yeah. <laughs> And your story is going to be amazing. So let's hope you and I can hold our tears to get through this. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, while you're reflecting on those early years for you at school that were clearly really tough, yeah. um, you've you've got an amazing story to tell. So yeah. you've had some recent news and, and I'd love you to share with, with me and with everyone yeah. listening in what, what's going on for you in this space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and one, sorry, can I share uh, what what another, I guess, um, what I'm proud of is also being one of 20 Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander women um, 
who's now going to be participating in Teachers STEM um, initiative from this with the Strongest Smarter Institution. Um, yeah, to do my Bachelor of Education, to become a teacher or to keep working in regional office as well, maybe. See where it heads, but I never thought I'd be doing anything like that either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, um, what do you think could come of this? Um, to teach, to be a role model. I want to be a role model for our kids, for our Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander kids. Yeah, and being as old as I am, I guess, too, that you're never too old to learn. Um, but also being able to work beside other teachers that um, I can then share how to bring my culture into education and really, you know, those difficult questions that they might feel a little bit hard to ask parents, you know, in, in what to do and how to do it, I can be there on hand to help and support in any way that I can. Mm. Yeah, and I guess too, it's putting everything that I'm doing today into practice. And you were, when you were reflecting back before about your own school experiences, am I right in thinking that as much as you perhaps would have liked to have been a teacher, you never imagined that that would be the case? Uh, I always wanted to work with children, but not as a teacher, I guess, to our parents didn't have that high expectation for us you know you just had to go and get a job and work it wasn't about high expectation in saying you can become a teacher or you can be a doctor or you can um, be a nurse or any of those types of things so I guess um, yeah there was no it was just going to school finished school was going to be the, the achievement at what year level I don't know I was able to do my diploma of education, you know, doing my diploma of ed education, my Cert 2 and Cert 3, and then my diploma was um, was an awesome ach achievement and, yeah, it made you feel good because that's when I started. And that was from working as a teacher aide when I first started in education. Mm. You know we do the fast five, so we'll hit on that a bit when we get to those questions at the end, Cindy. But yeah. And I know we're going to talk about your role and the different aspects of that. I'd love to know, do you think things are starting to shift? Definitely. Yeah, definitely a shift because um, we're sitting at the table. with We're having a voice. We're having, um, we're co-designing. We weren't able to do that before. And like I said um, when we spoke earlier, there's more than one black face in the office, and I mean that in a good way, but, um, you know, which means you don't feel as, but when you've got more of you in the, around, you feel strong and um, you feel a bit more courageous. You feel a bit more, you can feel confident in, in being able to put your views across, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, Cindy. I've only just realised the department has released the We All Belong strategy, and that's really about the diversity in our workforce. And I've always believed how important that is because that diversity brings 
role models like you've talked about already and, yeah. and Sophie mentioned it in uh, the last episode, but also that different perspectives, different experiences, different views of the world. We need to bring that together for our kids, don't we? That we need that diversity in our workforce, like the diversity in our communities and the diversity in our schools. So it's great that the department has now got the We All Belong strategy. And we'll put a link in the show notes for people to have a look at that too. And hearing your story and your career and how it's evolved and grown and where you're going next and what you're about to embark on, I just think that that's such an amazing story to tell. And I think there are others out there who are working in our schools and people that um, have an Aboriginal background or Torres Strait Islander, but maybe other people that have had different upbringings, different life experiences and are on different career paths and they might be listening in or our school leaders share this episode with others in their school to listen in and really start to think about what could my career look like and what could I do next and maybe um, explode some of those limiting beliefs that, like you said, you, you kind of the high expectations weren't there, but in actual fact, you can realise them even later in life and achieve some of those things that you just didn't dare to dream. Yeah, and, and I think having my children um, at a young age made me even more determined to to have high expectations because if they see me doing what I'm doing, they're going to know that, oh, mum can do it, so I'm going to do it. I wanted to be a good role model for my children. Um, And when I see them now, I have adult growing children, and I see them both, and they're strong, independent, good people. Yeah, they're good people. That's what I wanted them to be, strong, independent, and, and good people and very caring of others. And then the next generation as well, like you mentioned, your grandchildren. Um, yes, which is the, one of the reasons why as well I wanted to do my Bachelor of Education because, like I said, I didn't I didn't have the good education experience, but I wanted to make sure that when my grandchildren go there, that by the time they get to school, the, the Indigenous perspectives is going to be in there. They might even see Nanny in there being a teacher and, yeah, um, it, it was all for them and it's all for it's for all children not for just for our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children because, like you said, um, when there's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people at the forefront, um, we're able to bring a different perspective, um, able to share culture and tradition that they might have experienced before. And, you know, we live in a multicultural world, so it's the oldest living culture and tradition that they need to know about here in Australia, mm, that they live in. And that in itself is something that we should all be so very proud of and be celebrating it. Yes. Yeah. So you mentioned curriculum there. So let's dive into that. Um, Talk to me about some of the work you've done that's influenced what's going on in school, Cindy. Are you talking about the walk on country? (laughs) Yeah, let's talk about that because that is amazing. So, yeah, I've been doing um, the walk on country with principals that started out with going to a Pete Stebbins um, strategic meeting. Um, Here in Mackay was a regional meeting and 
what was our 1% that we were going to change change of practice in the schools, change of practice in, in what we're doing um, and working with Kath Lawler and um, Terry Robson and we were looking at, well, what's that 1% that we can work on? And Principal Walk on Country came, came up as, you know, how awesome would that be um, to take new principals out on country to know where their school is located and what country it's located on? And it's just evolved. It's just been a real flow-on effect at the moment. When you go f- and walk on country with the traditional custodian, you're connecting with the traditional custodians, you're connecting with with country. And when I say country, it's everything about, it's everything that we are. It's about life. It's about the seasons. It's about the trees. It's about the skies. It's about who we are and how we lived and it's that connectedness that you you feel when you walk on country um so from the walk on country with the principals it's now it's like i said it's a flowing effect they have now connected and they've gone back to their schools and they want they now can actually go back and talk to their families um, about being on country when they talk to their families, I tell you, um, those families are going to say, hey, look out, too deadly, that principal's been out on country. And um, it's going to make them feel proud. So the principals that I've worked with, well, I've taken two schools out now, so Andergrove um, State School and Victoria Park State School. So from there, we're now in embedding the Indigenous perspectives in the curriculum. So the principal has made it that this is part of their 1%. And now we've got the curriculum leaders from that both those schools with curriculum working with Chris Fatel from our curriculum team up here in regional office, and also sitting around the table are their community education counsellors as well. Um, and then there's myself, and we will be having our community people as well who have been going out on country with us. Um, so that we get that local history being embedded in the curriculum. So that's pretty awesome. Isn't it? That's just amazing work. Yes. And you can really, you feel it, you see it, um, and the conversations are now being spoken and talked about in the schools. And those schools are now formed a, an Indigenous group at school where they're looking at the curriculum at their in their own schools, working with their community education counsellors. So, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome as well. And then they talk about, yeah, how and what it's going to look like in the classrooms. So Uncle George and I, who that's the traditional custodian that we walk with, um, we've said that we're going to go back in. I think we might be going in this term to go into those schools and see what's been their change of practice in the school since walking on country? What can we see? What can we feel? What can we hear? Mm. Wow. I I love how you're going to loop back and visit the schools and actually look for that impact, you know, in the classroom. Yes. That's that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, um, it's just been a real flow on effect. So walking on country to embedding Indigenous perspectives from to building relationships and community. When we've taken the school out, 
we, we break up into three groups. So there's Marion Feely and she talks about and shares about the Australian South Sea Island history here in Mackay. Um, then I have Fiona Babongi as well. She teaches and shares the eight ways using Uncle Lernie's framework. And then the other group goes on country with Uncle George and I. When we're on the bus on the way out to Cape Hillsborough, Marion actually does a commentary of the local history in Mackay. So it's a huge day, but it's the best way to have a cultural capability or cultural awareness lesson. I think people, the teachers and the staff that's come along, it's also a personal journey because when you connect to country, you're connecting, you are connecting to country. It's it's being present in the moment, listening to the trees, listening to the wind, listening to the birds. That's when you know you're present. You have to stop and make sure that there's no having in those inner conversations with yourself in your head. You stop. Mm. It is powerful. Mm. Tell me about what's the feel in the community about this work? Yeah, there's a real shift in the community. They can see things happening up here. Sometimes Department of Education isn't, we don't get the best comments or best views from everybody in community, but that's okay. That's, you know, people have their, um, they're allowed to have their opinions because you're bound by your experience, aren't you? And sometimes it brings out challenges and we just have to make sure that when we are challenged, we we don't get defensive in any way, but we share. And I think it's just not being aware of what we actually do, which is also now, I guess, my other work piece of work that I'm working on is forming an advisory group here in Mackay with our local community. So, you know, then community gets to really know what we're doing up here, what our strategic plan is for our schools and how we're working in the schools for our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students and families. They're going to be sitting around the table or be inviting, you know, someone from each sub-teams to come in and share what they do and, you know, asking them what is the best way that they think how we should be supporting our children and our families. So we're having to say we're working together Everything I do in my role, there's protocols and there's processes. Um, so everything I do, I can't do without my community. So I have to be that connector. I need to go back to my community and let them know this is what's happening. Is there anything that you'd like to say? So I can't do anything without, because that's our protocol, that's our processes. And I guess that's why I developed a cultural protocol guidebook with our traditional custodians to help and support schools, principals and, and all staff in the, in school. In that cultural protocol guidebook, I've got, you know, what the commitment statement is, definitions, acknowledgement of country, because um, some people still don't know what an acknowledgement of country is and what a welcome to country is. You know, using our protocol guidebook, this is a guidebook, so it helps them. You know, it talks about what sorry business is, just to give them that understanding 
and then it also has some terms. It's got historical information about Mackay, some of the significant areas here in Mackay, the smoking ceremony. Yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Cindy, is that something we could link in the show notes? Oh, yeah, can do that. Great, thank you. While we're talking about that work too, another aspect of your role is the transition for students and supporting those pathways through school. And I understand you had some great work with year six students transitioning into high school. So can you talk to us about that work? Well, I guess it comes under the inclusive umbrella so that we're all together and working together. And as well as looking at the smoothest transition for our year six, seven um, students, there was a lot of stakeholders involved, making sure that we had all the right people working together knowing and I think the key part of this was knowing knowing your role and responsibility in in this pilot for the year six seven transition um, so I worked closely with Magella Hoffman from Mackay State High School and working closely with the principal Felicity Roberts we had a, a framework that we were we were working with and then we looked at who are all the people that we really need to um, be working with. Obviously, all the principals from the cluster schools, um, getting them on board, um, what their thoughts were, and then from their schools, looking at who else needs to be a part of this transition strategy. So it was making sure the guidance officers were there, the community education counsellor, admin staff as well. We had the uh, special needs teachers from the primary school and so just making sure that we had all those people on board so that our senior guidance officer they were present as well and at the end of it we need to know all of the details of the students leaving Mackay uh, year sixes goes over to the admin staff over to year seven at the high school. We also made a, a document it was one document stating everything that we, all the details that we need to know about that student when they transition over to the high school. So by the time the school student came back to uh, enrolls over to high school, they know that, okay, this child comes with um, an ICP plan. We need to make sure that they're connected. So everything's there prior to them enrolling. And also the year six, seven teachers also had a play in this as well. So the year six teachers went to the year seven to the high school and the high school teachers um, went over to the primary so that they could align what each other are, are teaching. So by the time the year six students went over to the high school, they already knew what everything was aligned to year seven. Mm, so this is a pilot program. Yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah. Cindy, what's the name of the CEC that was involved in this work? Uh, Gordon Quackowit was the community education counsellor at the time. The beautiful thing about this was everybody working together. Usually, um, Gordy would probably go out into the schools, into the cluster schools and meet with, his, with all the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander students, whereas this time... He was a part of the whole transition, all year six, sevens. 
and that's what it's meant to that's how it should be we were all together and then you know by the time they get to school everybody is is all transitioning over together so that was really good so and and on the orientation day you could really see by the time all the kids come together they already knew each other it was really exciting to see that smooth transition really happen so i can't wait to actually see it actually go out to the other schools yeah it sounds like that work had a very positive impact for the teachers as well as the students and you could see it in the students and how well they transitioned yeah, you could just see everybody working really well together. But like I said, it, it really, you everybody needs to know their roles and responsibilities. You need to make sure all that communication is um, quite clear. We still need to come together um, with the principals to see actually how smooth it all went. Yeah, so getting that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And Cindy, I'm um really grateful that you shared this as an example of a, you know a great transition because it's that time of the year when you know beginning of semester two where schools and uh, leadership teams are starting to think around well what should we be doing to set up successful transition mm. for our students uh, particularly those you know finishing primary school and transitioning into secondary now's the time to start having those conversations and putting the planning in place so that it is successful for them. Especially with those in the higher grades, year 10, 11 and 12s. Can I talk about the big dreams, small steps that I was part of as well? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Big dreams, small steps had been in the making for a couple of years. Well, the kids are at CQ University. They're working together to get their Cert 2 or 3 in nursing. Yeah, and finally got it up and going. So we've got 14 young ladies who are now doing their, working towards getting their certificate um, in nursing. Um, I know it's been a struggle and it's, it's hard work for them, but they're, they're there um, and they've got some support there around them to make sure that they succeed. Yeah, so working with Mackay Base Hospital, they saw a need in wanting to have more Indigenous workers, employers at Mackay Base Hospital, but also giving um, these students a pathway so they have an opportunity to work in as an admin officer or as a health worker or x-rays in that area. So you're really exposing them to a lot of different areas in the hospital. This year is the first time that it's um, happened. So Fingers crossed, yeah. That's that's amazing. And mm. just I'm thinking about the pathways and the opportunities that that's opening up for those young people. Yeah, yeah. And, and just connecting, I, I like to I like to say to people, I'm the connector, I guess, from um, community to schools to regional office up here. Well, Cindy, um, for someone who was uh, nervous <laughs> about talking. It's seen amazing to talk with you and hear about the work and the impact that it has on so many different people. We've talked about community, we've talked about the impact for school leaders, teachers in that transition work and ultimately of course our young people mm. and um, you know a specific focus for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander learners but it also has a positive impact for all kids. So 
Um, thank you so much for sharing um, oh, you're your work with us. And um, I'm wondering if you're ready to do the fast five to wrap it up. Okay. I'll try and be fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first one, Cindy, is when and where was your first role in education? Yeah, um, 1996, and I started uh, working at Victoria Park State School as a teacher aide, um, and that all started from me being a young mum, doing a lot of voluntary. Um, so I volunteered a lot down at the preschool, and it was a preschool back then, not prep. Yeah, so I started there at Vic Park as a at the preschool, and it was, yeah, and the the teacher, Margaret Dean, yeah, put a good word in for me. And Anne Trigg, who was the deputy principal there at the time, yeah, asked me if I would like to work there as a teacher aide. So I worked there for half a day and then I got more hours. So then I got to work at the preschool for a little while and then I moved up to the um, primary school. So I worked in the primary school and then I would also work down at the prep, uh, preschool. And then from there, worked as a, my total, I think, all up, I worked at Victoria Park State School just 20 years, just over 20, yeah, as a teacher aide and then I became a community education counsellor, CEC. I had a great principal, Laurie Shepherd. With Laurie not pushing me, he must have seen something in me. He believed in me. Yeah, he believed in me um, because he anything that came up in community, he would encourage me to try it, to have a go. Um, so I also worked with department uh, with DATSIP, Department of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Partnerships, for six months, and then I went back to Vic Park, and then. Then a role, a job came up with um, the early years team up here in regional office. My role was to increase kindy participation, which I, I've been very blessed that I've been able to be on the ground in education in the schools and then work up here as well in, our, in early years and now state schooling. I can see how everything fits play group to kindy, from kindy to prep, from prep to year six, seven, from the transition to 10, 11, and then 11 and 12, and then year 13. I see the big picture. Yeah. So I've been very blessed. And the early years, I love the early years. I got to meet Jay Lagaya and work with him. And I did a super play group where we and that was my biggest thing where I had to build that participation with community again and get all the right stakeholders looking at the barriers what were our barriers what was stopping our families and our children not um enrolling into kindy mm. yeah wow. but that's another story <laughs> that's a whole other episode that's a whole other episode but so, Cindy, when you think about your work, what was the last thing that made you smile? Hmm. Well, like I did mention it, looking at how many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are working here in regional office, how many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who are working in education as teachers or who are actually now doing the Bachelor of Education here in Mackay, 
um, sitting around the table co-designing makes me smile. Yeah, um, and the principal walk on country makes me smile because I can see the impact that has allowed a shift to happen. Mm. Yeah. And people yarning about it in the community. So, yeah, it's, it's good. Mm. Credit to you. Cindy, what's your best book or film recommendation? Oh, you know, I should tell you the truth. I don't really like reading that much other than reading to my grandchildren. Usually it's all cultural books so that they, like, especially I love the how bird got its colours. Uh -huh. Yes, yeah, so I love, yeah, mainly your cultural books and, you know, like Sophie, read the Bible. <laughs> we grew up, I grew up in Christianity um, and that's another reason why I do what I do because I believe this is what God, we all have a purpose and this is my purpose being where I am today. He's guided me, given me strength. Yeah. yeah. So sorry. Uh, um. No worries, but I'm going to go looking for how the bird got its colours and I'm going to put a link in the show notes because it's a lovely one. So thank yeah. you. And I bet you it's one your grandkids ask you to reread and reread and reread. Yeah. Um, but if there was a film, Avatar. Oh, okay. Because that was what I watched with my grandchildren and – when you when you watch it, it's it's like being in country. It's you. Have you ever seen Avatar? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. So you yeah. can see, you yes. can understand it. Yes. Yeah. Cindy, what's your favourite quote? My favourite quote is the quote my mum always said: "It's better to give than receive." And yeah. I'll leave it at that because, you know, that you get that feeling when you give. Mm, it's a good feeling, hey? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I have to agree with you, Mum. Yes, yeah. And then the Maya Angelou, I like her quote too. If you're always trying to be normal, you will never know how amazing you can be. That's a good one, hey? Yeah, it is. Mm. Yeah. It's so true. It is. It is. I have, and I have to say that to myself. That's why I have to be courageous. And I tell yes. all the kids. I tell all the kids too. Mm. Yep, you're living it. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, Cindy, as far as things to see in CQ, what's our best kept secret? Mm. There's lots up here. Um, if you go to a place, it's called Hidden Valley up in Cape Pillsborough. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. You got the beach and everything around you, but when you go down into Hidden Valley, it's like you've just walked into another dimension, another place. It's like a rainforest. You wouldn't even, and the trees are so big. You can't get your arms around it, but you still got to, I still like to give it a hug and say thank you. Mm. I can't wait to show you. Where I, it was, is. You have to come and I visit. was just going to say, I think that's a place that I need you to take me to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Mm. Well, it's well, not a secret place now anymore. No, now you've just told everyone because, you know, <laughs> while I said it's just you and I talking, 
hopefully there's a whole lot of people listening in and right now they're looking at where to find Hidden Valley at Cape Hillsborough. So thanks, Cindy. And Cindy, thank you for being courageous and coming on and having a chat with me. I really do appreciate it. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. If you have suggestions or recommendations for future episodes or you'd like to give us the gift of feedback, you can email us at cqcommunications at qed.qld.gov.au. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe in your favourite podcast app. You'll find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher and Deezer. And if you know of an educational leader in central Queensland who may also enjoy listening to the conversations, please help us spread the word by telling them about the podcast or forwarding the email that comes each fortnight with the show notes. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Central Queensland Region's Reading and Learning Podcast. We trust this conversation has given you the information and inspiration to lead so that every student in our region succeeds.